0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. It is not an unfamiliar position for Vance Joseph and his defense, facing a backup quarterback. This week marks the third time this season. The number one worry, though, for the defense, Christian McCaffrey. He's back, and he's healthy. First, though, speaking of health, what is the health of the home team right now? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 494, and it starts now. 12 players listed as not practicing on Wednesday. You told me not to worry, MJ, because it was Wednesday. First practice of the week. Well, the number is now 10, but only because two players went on injured reserve, Aaron Brewer and tight end David Wells. So once again, 10 players not seen during the open portion of practice. And of course, everyone wants to know Kyler Murray. No, he was not at practice. Well, deer
1: in the open portion. correct? They they always have the bubble. They have a couple fields out there, so uh, we don't get a chance to see that. But, you know, he sounded like he was uh, trending in the right direction. Um, Again, does he need to practice? Uh, I think, you know, when you're off for a period of time, I think it's important to get out there just to kind of get the cardio up, and I'm sure he's been doing all that stuff and getting rehab. So we'll wait and see. But uh,
0: we'll see how many guys are listed tomorrow as out. I'm more optimistic than I was last week just based off of Murray's tone of voice and how he looked, yet at the same time, a week ago, there was optimism as well, and he didn't end up even going through pregame warm-ups. So I understand why be cautious, yet I also understand the feeling of the player saying, I can't miss a lot of time because then it's hard for me to get back into the flow of the game, the rhythm of an offense, yet if he's not ready, He's not ready. But if he is ready, I don't think you should hold him off and say, look, it's November. We need you better in December and January. No, these games are just as important now as they will be later in the season.
1: Yeah, and and they do have a, black, uh, a backup plan. That would be Colt McCoy. I assume he's taking reps uh, like he did last week. You know, it really comes down to what's the availability of Buda Baker? What's the availability of DeAndre Hopkins? What's the availability of Justin Pugh? Because, again, Colt McCoy can run the offense. Um, they're going to miss Chase Edmonds this week, but you and I kind of maybe agree that, you know, Connor's going to be the bell cow with a combination possibly of, uh, you know, Benjamin and I don't know about Jonathan Ward. Hopefully he's turning in the right direction. Good to see him at least, you know, getting out there and do some conditioning. Hopefully no dizziness. Obviously concussion protocol. I'm sure he's had to do that. So to me, it's it's okay if Kyler doesn't play. They're good. Now it's who's going to be your left guard? Who replaces Buddha. We know last year when they went to Carolina, it stuck out like a sore thumb because he was out with a thumb injury. <laughs> and I didn't think about that until I just said it. So to me, that's where. And again, if they feel like they got to hold these guys out because it's a long season, and we're you know we're all kind of itching to the bye week. They'll do what's best for the team, but the good news is Justin Murray, Josh Jones, Sean Harlow will see the availability of Max Garcia, and again Beecham, Hudson, and and Hump, and uh, and I like the fact that they have guys that they can believe in. They've had starts, and they have uh, you know they they've basically had a ton of snaps in training camp.
0: In addition to no Murray during the open portion of practice, Chase Edmonds, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Justin Pugh, Max Garcia, and James Wiggins also not seen. What that means on Thursday, Friday is the big day for a lot of those players, and we're once again wondering, DeAndre Hopkins, can you go an entire week without practicing and then play? He's shown he can, yet at the same time, this offense proved without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, without A.J. Green, without Chase Edmonds for all but one offensive play can still score 30 and put up 400 yards of total offense. I'll tell
1: you what, it was nice to see 18 out there, A.J. Green, during the open portion of practice, quarter, of course, the Cardinals put out a press release about 9.06 this morning saying he's uh, out of uh, COVID, and then they obviously made some roster moves to put some guys on IR, so... You know, we know the development of Wesley. Um, you know, obviously Rondell Moore's a big part of their return game. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see Eno get a chance there. Christian Kirk's off to a good start. Wesley, we'll see if Isabella's up. Um, but again, I, I, I like the depth on this team and I think that's one of the things they really uh focused on in the off season and obviously just turning the roster over at the bottom. But uh, again they got sixteen guys in the practice squad, seventeen with uh Sykovitz. So there's, there's there's options out there versus trying to go out and find somebody on the street.
0: A.J. Green moving very well. Now it wasn't full speed, but he looked like his normal self from just the limited amount of time that we were out there. How is he feeling though? We won't know, but once again, activated off the reserve COVID 19 list. He'll be available this week. Now, as far as trending in the right direction, you brought up Buddha Baker and Jonathan Ward doing some work on the side. Jordan Phillips also doing some work on the side. So that was good to see. Baker, in particular, according to defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, quotes, progressing. And with Buddha Baker listed with a concussion. So. You can't afford to lose a Buda Baker defensively. You referenced week three last season and asked about that game as far as when you don't have Buda Baker on the football field, quoting Vance Joseph, how many plays he keeps from being big plays. And that's what you don't have when you have Buda Baker on the sidelines as opposed to being on the football field. He corrects a lot of the mistakes, not only on the back end, but getting everyone else as far as, because he can see the entire field from his vantage point. So, yes, Jordan Hicks is the quarterback of the defense and getting the play in, but as far as last-second, last-minute adjustments, Hicks and everyone is a part of that because they all see certain things differently or might remember something from film study that plays a particular part of that play.
1: And that's the beauty of Vance Joseph, dialing up these different packages because we did get a chance to see Buddha coming off the edge and if guy's going to try to hold the ball and anticipate, you know, P.J. Walker's going to try to get rid of it quickly. Um, he could be more like Trey Lance where he's going to try to run. Um, so, but he, clearly he's, to me, we, you talk about Marcus Golden, to me Buddha's the face of the defense. I know Chandler Jones obviously has been here longer, et cetera. But I just think in the, in the, in the big picture – I mean, he's hard to replace, and, you know, I like uh, Chris Banjo. We really haven't seen a lot of Deontay Thompson. We know that Jalen Thompson can do a couple different things, and then, you know, according to Isaiah, going into week four last year, he thought he was going to play some safety, so maybe we'll see him, and that allows you to get, you know, Robert Alford, Marco Wilson, and uh, Byron Murphy on the field. So, again, Vance obviously will have some, uh, you know, plans, and clearly – It's going to be based on formation. And and I think the big thing going in this game, Craig, is really trying to contain Christian McCaffrey.
0: That is the key as far as looking at this Panthers offense. And let's not beat around the bush here, and let's just address what is the news of the day around the National Football League and whether or not it means anything for the Arizona Cardinals. And that would be the news that earlier in the day, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers have reunited. They are back together again. Newton agreeing to terms on a one-year contract, spent his first nine seasons with the Panthers, released last year. Cardinals saw him last year with the New England Patriots. The question, though, and it was one of the first questions to Coach Joseph, will we see Cam Newton on Sunday? He did not practice on Thursday. It certainly seems very, 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 very unlikely that Cam Newton will be back in uniform this week. Yet, Joseph did mention, hey, we're preparing for everything regardless of who the quarterback is because even if he does play, you're going to run what the ten other guys know, not what one guy knows. So I'd put it a small percentage of like 5% that Cam Newton's on the field.
1: Yeah, according to reports, as we're uh, talking on Cards Cover 2 here, he has landed in Charlotte. And he will be at the practice tomorrow. I assume he will travel. Um, Again, uh, Walker's going to start. And I think on Saturday we're going to see Morgan get activated. He's been in the system since the start of the season. And then I think Matt Barkley's more of an insurance if somebody gets COVID at that position. And then I would think Cam would be on the sidelines wearing an earpiece. Joe Brady's in in the booth. That's the offensive coordinator, so he can kind of look at – which play is being called and how how does that uh, help him. But I think if this game was next week, Cam Newton would be the starting quarterback.
0: What were you saying next week? The Panthers are home and home to Washington, home to Ron Rivera. So all those storylines coming together a week from Sunday, and you do want to give Cam Newton a chance to get his feet wet, not just ill-advised throw him out on the football field. He hasn't done anything football-wise with an NFL team, since getting released from the New England Patriots. So there's been a lot of time. Yeah, you can be in shape, but you're not in football shape.
1: Yeah, and he's vaccinated, so there's really no stipulations there where he doesn't have to sit out, and, and that's probably you know why he's been an option for them. I just think at the end of the day, yes, Joe Brady is one of the up-and-coming uh, coordinators. Um, he was at LSU when they won the national championship. He spent time with Sean Payton with the Saints, and I got to think, you know, based on Cam, and you know, we know that he kind of struggled throwing the football. I Maybe mean, he wasn't fully uh, healthy, but uh, if I'm them, I just run Cam into the <laughs> ground. I mean, I, you know, you got McCaffrey. He, obviously, he, he can do multiple things—a dual back. They got some wideouts that can catch the ball, stretch the field. But on the goal line and all that other stuff, um, he can pick up a first down, but probably just as good as anybody else, just by based on his size. So, yeah, again, I, I, I think. If you're Joe Brady, the smart thing would do, okay, this is what we're doing, but also we're going to look at when you were here with McCaffrey and with Moore and you didn't have Robbie Anderson, but we're going to try to you know, incorporate things. I'm not going to say they're dumbing it down. I think he'll, they'll put more on his plate as more starts
0: he gets. You talk about the Panthers and their 4-5 and five record. Keep in mind, at 4-5, and they are only a half game back of the Falcons for the number 7 playoff seed in the NFC. So that is why this move was made, Cam Newton being added to the Carolina Panthers. It's also because Sam Darnold is going to be out four to six weeks, and how much do this team have confidence in a P.J. Walker? But this is a very big game for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they're sub-500, but they're still in the mix, and there are a lot of teams – I'll count the Seahawks, the 49ers, still believing that if they get on a nice little run, win two, three, four in a row, and all of a sudden they're right back in there for one of those three wild card spots. So, yeah, they're four and five. They have lost four of their last five. They haven't scored a ton of points recently, but the key for this Panthers offense here is we talk about this Week 10 matchup here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You brought him up earlier. Christian McCaffrey. This team, with McCaffrey healthy, got off to that 3-0 and start. Now, they beat the Jets, Saints, and Texans, not world beaters by any stretch of imagination, but this team was rolling when McCaffrey was healthy. 21 carries in Week 1, 24 carries in Week 2, then he got hurt in Week 3 at Houston. How healthy is he now? He returned last week after missing five games with a hamstring injury. Is he... Christian McCaffrey that everyone knows, or is he still kind of trying to get to become Christian McCaffrey?
1: Well, if you go back to the game they had on September 22nd, 2019 at State Farm Stadium, we you know Kyle Allen. He was 19 for 26, um, four touchdowns, quarterback rating about 145. McCaffrey had 24 carries, 153 yards. We all know that 76-yard run. And then in the, in the passing game, he was targeted four times, three catches for 35 yards. So it, it, their offense, if they can stay on the field and put some drives together, um, he's going to be their best option. Of course, they do have some o- other wide outs. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson addressed the to media today, and he said, listen, uh, you know, I, I've had outbursts on the sidelines. I'm, you know, I'm keeping guys accountable. Um, but he, he didn't mince his words. He, he, he thinks that. Donald could have played better. He said he could have played better. So there's there's a lot going on there, whether it's in the locker room, and if you're Matt Rule, you know maybe you just I think by signing Cam Newton, they're telling, hey, we're not waving the white flag. They're scrambling now. They could have drafted a guy. And they traded Teddy Bridgewater. They could have drafted a quarterback. Um, and you know we'll see if it's a, just a rental or they're going to try to re-sign him in the offseason. So, um, but again, McCaffrey is the key. Just like going into the Titans game, Derrick Henry. Delvin Cook, you know, and the Rams game was more about Stafford. So each game is a little bit different, um, but I do think they're going to lean on McCaffrey. And he had 106 yards last week all purpose, which means, you know, rushing and receiving. I don't know if he's returning, Um, but I, you know, I don't think they want to put the load on him like they did back in 2019 where he had 24 attempts and let alone four passing uh,
0: targets. They might not have a choice in the matter with P.J. Walker as your quarterback. You brought up Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings. That's the name that Coach Joseph mentioned as far as being the closest comp to McCaffrey because of the speed aspect, and then guys that can make big plays that can lead to touchdowns, and McCaffrey in 2019, obviously had big games, big plays against the Cardinals. He missed last year's meeting. He was on injured reserve. Panthers still won that contest, 31-21. But McCaffrey, to me, he is fun to watch from afar, unless you're the one that has to try to figure out how to bring him down. But he is also one of those guys that is electric as he is and dynamic in the run and pass game. He is prone to injuries he can and has gotten hurt he's missed a ton of games over the last several seasons yet at the same time when he is on his a game he's one of the best if not the best and the league as far as running and receiving as far as a running back is concerned.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned, you know, last year he only played in three games, and, and this year he's only played in four. Um, as you mentioned, started off and then obviously may have a setback, and they kind of shut him down because they paid him a ton of money. And when you invest in a guy that, you know, he's still a young man, he got drafted in 2017, so... Uh, you got to protect your investment, but he's one of those dual backs. And when he's healthy, he was one of the best dual backs in football.
0: Isaiah Simmons, Tanner Vallejo this week, both brought up the fact that McCaffrey is a mismatch, excuse me, as far as whether he is running between the tackles, a crazy jump cut as Simmons brought up. And then the fact that when he's out in open space, he's difficult to bring down. It's not the first guy. It, might take two or three different defenders to bring him down and stop him because it's hardly ever on first contact. Yeah. The only
1: difference is, though, they're missing Cam Irving, uh, their left tackle. They're missing their center. Um, their right tackle is a really good player. McCaffrey on the year, 66 rushes, 253 yards, 3.8, only one rushing touchdown. One rushing touchdown. So those numbers are pedestrian. Usually this guy's about four to four, five, four, seven yards per carry. So, a lot of it's going to hinge on what kind of protection they get. And can the Cardinals front seven obviously put him in third and long? And that will play into the hands of Walker, possibly making some ill-advised throws.
0: This will be the third time this season that the Cardinals will face a backup quarterback. Week five was Trey Lance. Week seven, Davis Mills. Now, I throw in Mills because by definition he is the backup because he didn't start the season. That was Tyrod Taylor. But Trey Lance, Davis Mills, and now P.J. Walker. and He told Panthers.com, talking about Walker, that he is going to, quote, just revert back to when I played in the XFL, end quotes. And he was very good in the XFL. Fifteen touchdowns, four interceptions in five games. He is athletic. He can run the ball, although in the NFL, in his games that he's played, seven career games and one career start, he has not been that... Quick guy as far as Trey Lance is concerned. My first read's not there. I'm going to take off and run. Coach Joseph brought up Walker is a pass-first quarterback, stand in the pocket, able to elude pressure, and if necessary, use his legs. But I don't know how much running we're going to see out of P.J. Walker because it doesn't sound like that's what he has shown the ability to do, whether it's at this level or in the XFL.
1: Well, I mean – He's going back to where he was successful. I mean, he may have been the MVP, uh, even though they didn't play a ton of games, obviously, the bankruptcy, et cetera. But I got news for you. This is the NFL. And no, no disrespect, that was a little – it was a farm system for guys. I mean, you know, Cardinals had a couple of guys on the practice squad. So this is a different animal. But, you know, you got to give him credit. He's been in the system. It's not like they they signed him last week. He's been in their system. I'm sure he got a chance to play in the preseason. Um and, and it's unfortunate that Darnold went down, but he wasn't playing well. I think he would have been benched just to kind of get a spark. I think they have, the rule has to make sure the locker room is confident that he's making the right choices. And they gave Sam Darnold plenty of opportunities, and now he got hurt, um, probably because the offensive line is kind of uh, in shambles right now. And, and that's where I like the advantage for the Cardinals. They're front seven against their offensive
0: line. Left tackle Cameron Irvin, center Matt Paradis both on injured reserve. Irving hurt his calf last week, and Parrott is done for the season with a torn ACL. So, once again, the Panthers are going to play with their seventh different combination in ten games along that offensive line. Clearly, that screams advantage for the Cardinals, whether that's the defensive line or the outside linebackers. Yeah,
1: and, and I wonder if they'll take a page out of uh, Kingsbury and Colt McCoy where get them in the shotgun, in this screen screen game all day it takes pressure off him they get McCaffrey in the open field they can run dj Moore uh on a bubble screen so maybe they're going to try to simplify things where he's not holding the ball and if the Cardinals over pursue just like the 49ers did hold 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 bait 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 and then make that screen pass but they do have some guys uh I just don't know you know Robbie Anderson is a guy that can throw the ball down the field too um Clearly, they spent a lot of money on him, and he's been frustrated just as some of his sideline antics. But I can think they're going to kind of take a book of what we did last week, and that is got to get the screen game going, and then McCaffrey's the perfect back yards after catch because you really have to gang tackle him. You can arm tackle him, So, and if they don't have Buddha, you got to hope some of these other guys in the secondary can get to him And you have a couple guys around because I don't know if a single guy in the secondary, I'm not saying he's going to run through you, but he has the ability to run around
0: you. Tackling, and we talked about that post-Packers game. The tackling has to be on par. It has to be textbook. It wasn't against the Packers. It was against the 49ers. Big plays are going to happen. You just don't want those big plays to lead to touchdowns in the words of Vance Joseph but the tackling especially if McCaffrey is targeted whether that's touches as a running back or targeted in the pass game it's got to be all eyes on that football immediately because in space he's very hard to bring down
1: yeah and he's built like he's built like a you know a, like a fire hydrant just he's not the tallest guy but his you could see he's worked out obviously he comes from a really Athletic family between his mother and his brother and his father Eddie McCaffrey, and some say the the, the wife has the she was the athlete in the family, um, but they put guys in 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 college and scholarships and we know Eddie McCaffrey uh, was a longtime Bronco actually broke his ankle the night before 9 11. And so he's comes from a family where, you know, they work out a lot, and, and you can see his football IQ. He's smart, and he's really good in pass protection. Not to say they want him to use that. He may chip and release. But I got to think they're going to try to get the screen game down because the Cardinals, um, not that they over-pursue, but that's where they want to get somebody in space, and
0: a five-yard
1: pass can become a 10-yard run after,
0: after catch. In other words, if you're Vance Joseph and the defensive coaches this week, you're preaching – do your job don't do anything extra stay in your lane stay in your zone stay on your side of the field because there will be some probably a little bit more pre-snap motion this week as we always talk those eyes make sure you're still steady and focused on what your job is and not get out of your lane so to speak because then Big plays can happen, and this defense is susceptible at times to the big play. We saw that against the 49ers. The George Kittle uh, catch, but the punch-out by Byron Murphy, and that was a fumble, and the other one to Brandon Ayuk in the red zone and a punch-out by Isaiah Simmons. So this defense is very opportunistic. They'll give up big plays, the bend but don't break but when they need to make a play, especially inside the red zone, they've been very, very good. I thought they did a really good job on Debo Samuel because prior to that
1: game he was getting like 60- and 70-yard catches, and a lot of it was just a 10- 12-yard catch, and then he had blocking from his um, his wide receivers and tight ends, and he was getting down the sidelines. I thought they did a really good job. And going into that game, I thought Byron Murphy, that's a perfect matchup for him, just the physicality. So – Um, he was in that going into that game, he had been putting up big numbers, and the Cardinals kind of slowed him down. You're not going to slow him down, but if you tell me McCaffrey's got 125 yards after the game and uh, they turn the ball over a few times, I like the Cardinals' chances.
0: Two other running backs to pay attention to, Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah, both were key when McCaffrey was gone, but not McCaffrey level. Hubbard, 3.5 yards per carry. Abdullah, 3.4 yards per carry. So if you don't have a McCaffrey, you're kind of one-dimensional. As far as the wide receivers, you bring up DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Moore is their number one guy, 677 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And Robbie Anderson, he's really disappeared. One catch for two yards on three targets last week. The week before, no catches on one target. Now, is that – Quarterback? Is that more on the wide receiver? What kind of relationship does a Robbie Anderson have with a P.J. Walker? Some questions that we bring up, but won't know the answer until Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, if you watch a Panthers game and when they're losing, they always pan the sidelines, and, and you know he's got in Sam Darnold's face a few different times. And these guys played together in New York, and everyone was so excited. I mean, three and zero start, they barely gave up any points you know I, I think i think they're feeling the pressure because they were projected to be you know in that division it's always going to be it seems like the the buccaneers and saints you know and then you know some of the other teams the falcons so um but they they went out and ID'd him as a number 1 wide receiver and um, i'm sure he's frustrated because It's not so much probably the the targets and touches. He feels like I'm open and they're not getting the ball to me.
0: Well, every wide receiver comes back to the huddle and says, hey, I was
1: open, you missed me. And and you know what quarterbacks (laughs) tell you? Don't don't tell me, show me you're open. If you're open, I'm going to throw the ball to you. There's no reason why I wouldn't throw it to you. So you you can tell me you're open and you got separation, but show me you're open and I'll throw it to you. 2.05 Two oh
0: five is the kickoff on Sunday. Nine thirty a.m. pregame coverage begins. It is week ten. Cardinals host the Panthers. As we talk about it here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You know my feeling about playing backup quarterbacks. I'm not a big fan. Even though the Cardinals this year are two and zero against backup quarterbacks, I would much have preferred. To see Sam Darnold, and I think the Panthers got a little bit of an out, by the fact that he got hurt. Now it's a serious injury. I'm not, I'm not saying they're hiding anything, but and who knows if a decision would have been made to bench Sam Darnold this week in favor of a PJ Walker just to give a spark. Yeah, exactly. Just to kind of get things back uh, on the on the straight and narrow, if you will. But this is an offense that is 30th in yards per play. 17th best rushing attack, number 29 as far as a passing offense is concerned. They don't score a ton of points, just 19 a game. They're not very good in the red zone, just one of six over the past three games. We mentioned the offensive line is beat up, banged up. So with P.J. Walker now leading the offense, he is prone to make mistakes. And perhaps the Cardinals, like they did last week with three takeaways, can get a typical of takeaways, i.e. interceptions against the Panthers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I know in years past, whether it was Kyle Allen, you you throw in Tua last year. I want to say Ryan Fitzpatrick started the season. We had Jalen Hurts. Honestly, I, I'm I'm not concerned this year. I I just know this team is motivated. Um, you know, talent doesn't always win. The team that plays the best on Sunday, but I, I think the Cardinals uh, they know what's coming up here. They know what's at stake, and they're, they're the next team on their schedule. So, backup quarterback or not. I still think the Cardinals have an advantage.
0: It is a scary game. You always say there is one game a year in which you lay an egg. You just don't play your best. We've already seen it. The Buffalo Bills losing to the Jaguars. The Cowboys losing to the Broncos. Games that you just can't explain. Like, why? How? This isn't possible. A year ago... The Rams losing to the Jets, right? And that was in New York, if I remember correctly. So things like this happen. I just don't want post-game on Cardinal Talk to be talking about, hey, this is that game for the Arizona Cardinals because when you're off to this kind of start, the expectations get raised, the bar gets raised, and now there's an expectation, not that this team is going to roll the rest of the way, but you can't afford to lose games in which on paper and even on the football field, MJ, you are better than you are more talented than.
1: Yeah, and you know, going into the Rams game this year, I took a different approach. Just all those eight games, whether it was Wilkes or Arians or Cliff Kingsbury, it's going to have nothing to do with what's going to happen on Sunday. I just think the Cardinals are the better team. Um, they know what's at stake here. And, again, whether they score 30 or 40, as long as you get the W and move on, uh, because they're going to lose a game between now and the end of the season. I mean, they, you know, they got to go to Seattle. they got the Rams on Monday night. you, you got to win the games you're supposed to. But I just think the way this team competes, Craig, I don't know if we're going to have that dud game this year. I, it, it, I mean, when you lose a game, all of a sudden, you know, okay, avoid losing streaks. They've done that so far. Uh, the Lions game, what are the Lions playing for? It? I mean, you got to go on the road there, and you got to bring the juice. You know, Kyler said last year when they got off the bus, they just didn't have it. I just I, is a different year, just a different mindset from this team, and I don't think the the leaders in that locker room will let these guys get ahead of themselves.
0: Well, we've heard a lot of players and James Conner earlier on Thursday talk about that mindset. And Buda Baker, I'll go back to him very early on. It's that one and this week. What do we have to do this week to become one and Meaning, we won. We walked off that field on Sunday. With the win, and then you flush it, and you go back to work on Tuesday and figure out all right, what do we need to do this week. And Vance Joseph had some interesting comments about second halves of the season, and it's been talked about a lot. And it's the second half of the season. The Cardinals are one and zero after Week Eight. They were seven and one. They're now eight and one. Last season, after Week Eight, they were five and two finished 3-6, and and now people want to know, all right, how does this team finish? Can they finish? Can they keep this momentum going, if you will? All apologies to our former colleague Kyle Odegaard. Yes, there is momentum in football, but Coach Joseph, as far as what makes a good team in the second half of the season, quote, have plans to adjust before you have to adjust. What you're doing now won't be good enough in three to four weeks understanding that teams are going to take away what you do best so you better have a plan b c and d to adjust to the adjustments and how many times did we say that phrase last year the cardinals specifically on offense did not adjust to the adjustment yeah that that happened a few
1: times and you know the the thing is though um you really want to be playing your best football, you know. As we get down to, uh, you know, after their bye week and then month of December, and you know, then you find out the seedings and whether you're well rested and everything else. But, you know, I don't, I don't see them running the table, and I don't know what – I mean, I think it's going to be difficult to go to Seattle next week and and went on the road. Russell Wilson, we'll see how he plays this week, and then the Rams game, and then you still got the Colts and, and the Cowboys. So, um, you know, maybe I know. Uh, I think it's uh, ESPN's. Um, not, it's not powering because it's, it's some analytics where they think the Cardinals could go 14-3 and three or 15-2. and Now, we'll let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, it'd be nice to run the table and all that other stuff, but um, you know, teams, when they get to the month of December, we know they got a target on their back right now. They're not going to surprise anybody anymore. They know that this team can score and they can stop you. I mean, you're talking about a top-10 defense and a top-5 offense and a lot of those categories are in the top-5 across the board. So this is sustainable and I just love the mindset, and I think Cliff allows the leaders in the locker room to control and police the locker room, and there's a lot of accountability when you step on the field. They're expecting you to do your job. If not, they have another guy behind you.
0: The challenge is to climb that mountain to get to the top, but then once you're at the top and you have people trying to knock you off, that becomes more difficult being the team, being number one. How does this team now – handle that and I think it goes back to what you said about the leaders in the locker room and that began with J.J. Watt even though he's not physically on the football field according to Vance Joseph he's still a part of this team he's still involved in meetings but the addition of a J.J. Watt an A.J. Green a James Conner a Matt Prater a Colt McCoy players who have been in this league for long periods of time can now all of a sudden realize hey you know we're mid-November December's right around the corner what does it take Kyler Murray. What does it take, Chase Edmonds? Guys that are new to this league, relatively speaking. What do you have to do? What is it going to take in order to finish this season off the right way and not be that team that started off so hot and then failed down the stretch?
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm confident in Vance and his in his game plan, and I'm confident the way Kingsbury's calling plays now that he, you know he's come back from COVID. I'm confident when it comes to Sean Coogler, um, and the offensive line, and really. The other guy is Rodney Hudson. Um, I just feel like this is probably the best offensive line they've had. Yes, they've had some injuries. Some guys have shuffled in and out. But, again, when you have your center and your two tackles, and uh, we know that, uh, obviously, DJ hasn't missed a game in a long time, knock on wood. Um, and then Beecham had a rib injury, but those 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 are your workhorses. Those are the guys in and out, and, and they all have experience. Hump has experience, Hudson has experience, and so does Beecham, and now you just got to worry, uh, I guess, try to figure out who you're going to plug and play at right and left guard.
0: I'm glad you brought up Hudson. That was a mistake on my part not to bring him up, but he might be, and we go back to the offseason, the most valuable addition to this roster as far as what we saw at the start of the season – During the three games that he missed, as far as the amount of pressure that was coming up the middle that bothered Kyler Murray into, one, having to take a number of sacks, hits, and then all of a sudden, unnecessarily, now he is back. And does that settle things down, regardless who is replacing a Justin Pugh at left guard if Pugh is unavailable to go, regardless of who is replacing a Josh Jones or Max Garcia at right guard if Garcia is unable to go, as far as being able to be the glue and just have whoever comes in as a replacement knock on wood pews able to go and garcia is able to go but if not you do have guys who have experience at the guard positions sean harlow in particular so this is i think still the biggest key is rodney hudson with respect to that offense yeah i
1: mean we always say um, this team will only go as far as Kyler Murray can t- take him. Well, you need Rodney Hudson. It was obvious when he wasn't in there, and I thought Garcia held up. I mean, nothing against Harlow. I think he's probably better at guard, um, but he's he's kind of the he's the captain of the ship on the offensive line. And he, again, he's he's a leader. Um, you know, you, when you go to the sidelines, and I got my binoculars, at least on home games, he's always talking. Um, but I, I again, I just. I just like the coaching staff where they're not going to let these guys get ahead of themselves. It's tunnel vision, one game at a time. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's worked so far.
0: Bird gang, if you are heading to this Sunday's game, Cardinals and Panthers, the Cardinals are hosting a holiday food drive to benefit United Food Bank on Sunday. There will be 14 collection points outside the stadium. Fans are encouraged to bring non-perishable food items or you can donate using a QR code which will be posted throughout the stadium. Visit unitedfoodbank.org for more information. It is Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We bring this full circle. Wednesday, the number was 12. Thursday, the number is 10. Friday, we really need to have that number down into single digits as far as the number of players not on the practice field. And of course, there will be a handful that will be game day decisions who don't practice at all that perhaps can see the field and see some action on Sunday, i.e. a DeAndre Hopkins. But everyone wants to know about Kyler Murray, and I guess we'll just have to wait because I can guarantee you, Bird Gang, right now as we speak here Thursday afternoon, we are not going to have a definitive answer on K-1 from the head coach.
1: Yeah, and and I don't even know if we'll see him tomorrow. I would assume if he's, if he's in line to start. Uh, again, we don't know. We're out there the first 20 minutes. Um, sometimes they go in the bubble. There's two different fields. Uh, we don't know if he practiced today. Was it limited? We'll wait for the injury report. But if he's on the practice field tomorrow, I think uh, that's a good, um, um, a good thing for everyone involved, where he can, you know, get back to getting, you know, getting his conditioning done. And ultimately, they're going to make the decision. Um, you know, what's best for the football team
0: as far as the entire season and beyond because you don't want him to re-injure that ankle to where it becomes a six- to eight-week injury and all of a sudden you're wondering about him being available the rest of the season. So it is it is a delicate decision that needs to be made because team is trying to look out for the health of the player. The player wants to get back in the field ASAP, and sometimes it's, all right, you feel good? All right, let's see how you feel tomorrow, next week and then it becomes, all right, you're sitting for a second straight game. But there is something to be said about missing time and then trying to get back in there. If you do sit this week, you play Seattle, then you're off again because it's your bye week. That's one game in a three-week span, excuse me, a four-week span. And I, I, look, I, I get it both ways, whether he, talking about Kyler Murray, is or isn't on the football field.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, again, last week we talked about it, where even Kingsbury and Kyler admitted he didn't have to practice. Uh, they
0: made the right decision,
1: shutting him and Hop down. I mean, it was the right decision, and, and you know, I, you know, Hop doesn't really practice. Um, you know, normally he misses on Wednesday. We didn't see him out there today. Probably don't want, don't won't see him tomorrow. So I think they're gonna be cautious with him because. You know, we did get a chance to see when he was, wasn't was out there. They didn't have a lot of separation. That was not the issue last week. He only played 15 snaps in that game. And really, uh, we talk about all the weapons and the running game. Zach Ertz, uh, he's a weapon for any quarterback. And, you know, we know Kyler obviously targeted him um, in his first game with the Redbirds. And, you know, last week McCoy. Um, but he's, he's, he's a weapon. And so... Uh, he only can cover so many guys, but getting A.J. Green back on the field, you got some size with Wesley. You got some speed guys. If more can go and Kirk, and, and then you know, uh, you know Benjamin is possibly a guy that you know will get some time after after Connor. But I do think Connor could be the bell cow. I don't know if 27 touches, but uh, it looks like he's ready for the load. And based on his physicality, based on his running ability, I think
0: he's going to be fine. And his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, a trait that I don't think has gotten talked enough about and he brought it up that it is probably a little bit underrated but he's willing to prove everyone that he is capable of being a receiver.
1: Yeah, 6 catches for 77 yards and the key was how they were baiting them with those screen passes and, and you know once he gets out in the open he's 6'2" 233 pounds He doesn't look like it when he's in a polo shirt, but when he's on the field he, he, he's actually a bully out there. He'll try to run you over, and then all of a sudden as a DB who's weighing 170 pounds,
0: you've got to make a business decision. He is fun to watch in the open field. Just look back at that 45-yard touchdown catch where he put it into second gear and outran a handful of 49er defenders. Do we see more of that this week? Obviously, if Chase Edmonds is unable to go, but it also comes into factor if, dehop is not available if rondell moore is not available then all of a sudden you might see more of james connor as far as a wide receiver is concerned and then i would think zach
1: gertz will have a bigger role you still have you know kirk and you still have um wesley and aj green so when it comes to size um yeah I mean wesley's not deandre hopkins but the upside in the fact that he can make circus catches make catches in traffic Uh, they got to defend the entire field. If the Cardinals want to go four wide, they still can go four wide. Obviously, you like to have Rondell Moore out there because he's more eye candy, and he's got the ability to catch the ball in the backfield or a a screen pass and and go from five
0: yards to 30 yards. It is week 10, Cardinals and Panthers, 205, kickoff, 9.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins. MJ, you've got a homework assignment here this evening are you prepared are you ready as far as what it's going to take for this cardinals team to get nine wins for the first time in a long time yes i'm ready we got some
1: sunday night uh, thursday night football excuse me uh the ravens and the dolphins and uh i think the ravens are going to put up a ton of points that that they played each other you know obviously um they're in the same conference but the baltimore ravens i mean the 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 yards are putting up and since they played each other it's not even close. You talk about a hammer and nail and you gotta give Lamar Jackson a ton of credit. Came down from fourteen points. I think he threw the ball forty times and he ran at twenty one. That's unusual. Sixty one times he was had his hand in the pile. Twenty one rushes and forty attempts, and that's why they were able to obviously win that game in overtime. Um, so, uh, what I'm saying is probably by the third quarter, I'll be, st- I'll, I'll start writing things down where I don't need to watch the end of it.
0: Well, if it does become one-sided, we invite you to check out the latest episode of Cardinals Folktales: Cards Go Hollywood. It is available. A look back at the hit movie, Jerry Maguire and the Cardinals role in the production of that film. You can go to YouTube.com slash AZCardinals for that and all Cardinals Folktales. Also, original audio podcasts are available by searching Cardinals Folktales at your favorite podcast provider. Make sure you watch all the way through some great editing and some outtakes, if you will, on Episode 7 of Cardinals Folktales titled Cards Go Hollywood.